Welcome to the Investor Shed Podcast with Nick Beveridge, the ultimate source for all things investing and beyond. For free tools, tips, and tricks, go to NorthIdahoREI.com. Okay, we did it. All right. We're finally meeting. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. You are a local legend, believe it or not. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Everybody, everybody that is either new or an experienced investor that I talk to, they know you somehow. I hope that's and I'm good really thing. curious how that has come to be. <laughs> you know, I, I guess it's because I, I make a point to reach out to newbies. And I think that um, making that making connections is what's gotten me far. Yeah. You know, I figure more than half of the meetings I have don't really go anywhere from a business standpoint. But worst case scenario, you make a new friend, right? Mm-hmm. And best case, you, you have partnerships and over and over again. And you make, you know deals happen, serve sellers, make money and have fun. Yeah. I think so I sat down with you first with my brother 7 years ago. That sounds like that. right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. almost 7 years ago. It was before we ever did a deal. I was just a realtor at the time or I just I was just getting back into real estate. Right. I was I was a realtor for a couple of town, years. Right? And, yeah. 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 And I think at that point you were doing some wholesaling. I think you had like eight deals under your belt or something like that. That sounds right. But yeah, it's crazy. How far we've come. We've both come a long way. <laughs> right. Um, but if you don't mind, so just live, can we start back at the beginning? What got you interested in real estate to begin with? Yeah. So I um, I sold a business in 2012. Uh-huh. And if you ever sell a business, you sell your job. And I'm sure people listening to this will have heard me do this spiel before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't prepare when I sold my business for what was next. And that's, uh, that's a mistake on my part. My business partners had a plan. One of them went and got a job. One of them went and started working for himself and I was twiddling my thumbs not sure what was next what kind of business was this it was boring paperwork I was forming corporations and LLCs um, yeah it sounds horrible we yeah. can move on. <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but I um, I did find someone to sell that business too and, and had a nice. little bit of money in the bank but that doesn't last forever so I, I traded my stream of income for a lake and uh, as that was dwindling I needed to find something to do and I needed a family car at the time. We were trading up from a sedan to a minivan. Family was growing. And researching cars to death, I thought, I'm going to flip cars. Ooh. And as I was looking into that business... I ahead. looked into that Did before you? my brother and I got into uh, wanting to flip houses. Right. We were thinking, hey, let's start a car lot in Pulse Falls. Nice. Because, you know, we both came from, like, I, I came from car sales, and we both used detail cars and stuff, and it just made sense, but... Yeah, but then we went to a seminar and got more motivated. More motivated just to stick with real estate. Have you ever thought about going back to that idea? Cars? Maybe someday. I've met a couple of... I'm a psycho. uh, I'm I'm into all kinds of businesses right now. Entrepreneurs usually are, right? (laughs) I've got way more ideas and I have time to do them all. Yeah. But real estate is something that I will it will always be my 80%. Right. It's like like. And then with with 20% of my time, I like to play around with... Dabble. That's my hobby is like other businesses. I totally agree. That's what I am too. But anyway, this is not about me. <laughs> well, I, Let's continue. I, uh, so you sold your business. Um, and I and started you had to think about flipping money cars. running out, thinking about, yeah. Right. And uh, and looking into that, I thought, you know, there's got to be something I could flip with better margins than cars. And the light bulb went off. My dad had flipped real estate for years and years. And, you know, often uh, you never think you're going to do what your dad does. Just listen to Dave Black at the real uh, last month. Yeah. He said the same thing. It like never occurred to him to work where his dad worked until right. it did. Yeah. And so I went and asked my dad, how do you get started in this? And then he had stopped uh, in the crash. Um, 
he stopped doing real estate, but he would always wanted me to be in real estate with him. That's interesting. So he suggested I get online, find a mentor, and, and that's what I did. I uh, 2013 then, I got in, um, looked at mentors online, and I found one. And that's what I'd recommend people do. Wow. Like All my biggest, most expensive mistakes were between mentors when I thought I could do it on my own. <laughs> that's funny. And it's funny you say that about your dad, too. My, you know what my dad used to do? He used to sell real estate. Really? I had no idea. <laughs> and after the crash, he got out of it. <laughs> no way. Did he, he also get tried flipping houses um, towards at the peak of the market? And really? Yeah, he got burned. Just wasn't for him. Yeah. Um, but he what's tried. he doing now? Uh, he's doing tile. With, okay. With us. He's, Is he happy? He's Does on he one enjoy of my it? flips right now. He's work. Yes. Cool. He's a, Good for him. He's the best tile guy out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. The Idaho and, and Washington too. I'm sure he'd probably go out there. Yeah. Yeah, he had a part-time job that he was working on that he gave up just to do tile and You're able to keep relax busy and stuff like that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. My dad never got back into flipping houses. He got burned too bad, and he got into home inspections, which he's oh. not happy doing. But that's what he does. That's what he does today? <laughs> yeah. He mar- he, marketing is his favorite thing. He actually lives in Phoenix. Oh, and he, okay. He markets Sweet. for a home inspection business in Southern California. And gotcha. finds a, a good inspector. He does all the marketing, brings in the business, and then they split the business. What's Mark guy? So marketing is his, uh, his forte. Okay. So Right on. Yeah. Okay, so you said you got 2013, you start finding mentors, mm-hmm. and you said it didn't go well? No, I had a good mentor, and uh, the model was set up where I would pay him monthly, and then we would split deals. Okay. And was this something local or national? No, the, the mentor was national. Uh, okay. He was on the East Coast, and... Uh, and he had a number of students, and I liked his model because I knew that he was motivated to get the deal to the end. We, you know, he won when I won, okay. and he would hold my hand through the whole deal. And I knew I could pay for a course, pay a guru, um, and then do it on my own, and it would, it would probably save me money. But I needed that motivation. Having just owned a business and worked for myself, I, what I learned was how to be lazy, and that was the problem. I needed to learn how to be a hard worker again. Um, so I, I signed up with this mentor and it worked out really well. Um, and w- what I've learned over these years is a guru wants to make money off of you where a mentor wants to make money with you. And I, I really, that kind of resonates with me. I've never heard that before, but I've, I heard it from a different mentor. Light bulb and just I, went off in my head. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of, makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, a guru wants to sell you education and, and often it's good education, but they sell you the CDs and the books, and they're like, good luck, you're on your own. Like, I just, it doesn't work for me. I think, I think it's important to have a mentor, not just in business and real estate. I mean, when it comes to religion, basketball, you know, whatever you're learning, I think a mentor is very important. Because that guy's been there before. He's yeah. made the mistakes, or she. Um, and to follow in their footsteps, and they can sidestep the pitfalls. They've already fallen in them before. They can say, watch out for that. I've been there. You're not going to want to do that. And so I worked with this guy for a number of deals, and we split them. Uh, we both made a lot of profit. And then I got a little prideful. And I said, you know what? I got this. Thanks for your help. I'm going to go on my own. So uh, how long How long did that take uh, until you got prideful? Probably a year. Okay. And then uh, so I stepped away from him. And So what kind of deals were you doing? Most of these were, were uh, lipstick flips or wholesales. Okay. And um, and when I stepped away from him, 
is when I started making bigger mistakes. And gotcha. And that was, I, I grew really fast. Uh, I got to about 17 flips at the same time and trusting the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were my two biggest mistakes. Trusting a bad contractor who you know. And, I remember. Uh, <laughs> and you've worked with this gentleman before. And I'm such an idiot, I made the same mistake. After me, right? After you. And you know, that's another thing I've learned, too, is some of these mistakes, you, we can read about them on bigger pockets, we can hear about them from friends, yeah. and like, oh, that's a, that's a great lesson, thank you, I'll be careful of that, and then we go and make the same mistakes again. That was the only deal I ever lost money on. Really? Was when I used that contractor. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. It's the only one. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I'm not blaming it on him, I made, I hired him knowing what you went through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of these things we just have to learn the hard Interesting way. Interesting the right? decisions we make. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I found another mentor uh, a little bit later after I had lost to, you know, nearly half a million dollars. And mm. this guy is like, you're making a mess of this business. And he helped me out a lot. Helped me dig out of the hole. And now I don't do any deals without running by my current mentor. I'd say, what do you think of this? And usually, if it's a simple deal, he'll he'll take a look at it and say, you've got this. You're fine. You might want to be careful of that or watch out for that. So did you go back to the first mentor, or do you have a new mentor? No. Um, and is it local, or is it it's a, This guy's local. Okay. And, and I've learned, um, I'm a little gun-shy about certain things that I made big mistakes on, trusting the wrong contractors or, or growing too fast, doing too mm-hmm. many flips at once. Um, and, you know, and I never really thought about going back to the first mentor. I think... That's probably maybe another pride issue of mine, feeling like I maybe shouldn't have stepped away from him in the first place. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes, you know? <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Right. Move on. I think local's better. You're going to get too. better advice from a local mentor right. when you're doing real, because real estate's local. Real, yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, he knows the local market. He's been doing this since before I was born. Yeah. A and national mentor, it. I would imagine they know a lot about their own market and, right and they understand principles and you can, can still learn everywhere. a lot from them but but not quite the local nuances no it's not the same touch right yeah okay so um how'd you get out of that hole and you are know, you out if you don't mind that's me asking. a fair question i i don't know i wouldn't say i'm out uh completely i how long have you been in this hole? hole 2016 was the worst that's when everything kind of fell apart and the okay. the hole was created the worst mistakes were being over leveraged, finding deals that were too slim, feeling like, okay, I can take $5,000 profit on a deal as long as I do a lot of them. But when they're all too slim. What's the profit again? $5,000. 5000 on um, a flip. Yeah, and I thought, that's fine as long as I do a lot of those. And my numbers are good, but my numbers were not good. They were relying on this bad contractor and his numbers. So don't do that. <laughs> David, I will never do that. <laughs> good. Do you, so I'm curious, do you mind if we talk a little bit about your how you analyze a deal? We can, but it, it's really nuanced and in-depth. Okay. Uh, because I've, by now I've analyzed literally thousands of deals. Do you, yeah. So when you make a decision, do you make a decision based off the percentage of profit or the number that you expect to That's make? That's a good question. I, I will change it up um, based on the deal itself, the exit strategy I want to accomplish on that particular deal, um, where I am in my own business cycle, and maybe what my partner wants to get out of it. I partner a lot, and I find value in working with different people. So it's on a per-case basis, and I'll, I'll back the um, 
the success metric into the analysis. So the first question I ask is, what's our goal here? How are we going to define success for this particular deal? And then we'll analyze based on that. If we, we want to make $30,000 minimum on this, then that's going to determine what we're going to offer. And if we can't, you know, maybe we'll fudge that number after the analysis, say that'll never work. We'd be happy with 25. And at some point, we're going to walk away from it. Like, well, we want to make 25 or, or we're not doing it. Maybe this particular partner wants a 10% cash on cash return. That's going to make a totally different analysis. Okay. So there's so many different success metrics out there. And I think um, there's not a right or wrong answer there. And a lot of people want to come at it uh, as a one-size-fits-all. And I think that's, a, that's the wrong way to look at it. Um, it's very individualized, and that's okay. Because different people are coming from a different uh, goal set. That makes sense? Yes. And it's, I think it's the same with uh, retail real estate. You know, Every buyer and every seller has everything they want to accomplish, right? The trick is asking the right questions to find out what they want to accomplish. Exactly. Which most people don't do. Right. There are and, no good answers to bad questions. I mean, if you want to have an edge in questions. real estate sales, you just need to take a little bit more time with somebody and let them talk to you. Absolutely. <laughs> and ask questions. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole other subject. But I think it, it could relate a lot when you're dealing directly with a distressed seller. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's, it's about coming up that's what, you what do is a lot it you need, more, right? Like, right. What's, if you can let us know, what's your deal flow like? Do you, do you deal directly with sellers still? Or yeah, I'd say about 55% of the deals I get come from uh, wholesalers or referrals um, without having a market at this point in my career. Yeah. Um, and maybe 45% come from direct marketing um, and direct from the seller. And um, yeah, so marketing directly has definitely helped a lot. And in the beginning, that's all I did. Okay. And then over time, you build relationships with other people. You get referrals from people who aren't necessarily in the game or from people who they don't know what to do with that deal, but you do because you know you have more creative tools, um, more creative ways to help the seller out. Yeah. What, what's been your most effective um, lead sourcing, um, if you don't mind sharing? Like, has yeah. that been your In your the beginning, website, you know, there's the a lot signs? of... The website, not, uh, not really. That... That's probably one of the hardest ways to go is trying to SEO. Okay. Um, and that one, it's one of the most expensive and most difficult to stay on top of. So I have That's a website. That's interesting. You know, I had a, I had a different, because uh, I think some of the deals I got from you, you mentioned you just got them on your website. Yeah, well, and that's probably um, three out of, three deals out of six years Yeah. have come from my website, and they probably all went to you. <laughs> okay. So I had a different... That's interesting. See, we never had this talk. I didn't realize it was like that. I thought that was your perspective. My perspective was, man, people are just going on, in on my going website. online these days, and yeah, that's yeah. So it was actually day. pretty minimal overall. Okay. Um, I think that my active direct marketing uh, bandit signs have worked, uh-huh. and but that's a, a hard strategy because you got to stay on top of them. Your yeah, signs get taken down, or the city yells at you. You got to learn to. Stay in good graces of the city. We live in a small town. You don't want people mad at you. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yellow letters, you know, handwritten stuff, that uh, it gets expensive after a while. And you got to have a thick skin when people call you and yell at you. Um, and so for a newbie, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and these things are tried and true all over the country. You hear about it all in bigger pockets and stuff. Um, and I've gotten 
dozens of ideas that I haven't tried that I think that could work. I've tried a lot of things that haven't gone anywhere. And I don't regret spending money on that stuff. You have to try it. What would you uh, recommend for the newbies? Just avoid when it comes um, to deal sourcing. I've tried pens. We buy houses pens. I would put the them pens. all over town. And, um, you know, every time I went out to eat with my wife, I would replace the waitress's pen with a We Buy Houses pen because she's going to lay that thing down in front of every one of her customers to sign their check anyway. Never got me anywhere. Nothing. Uh, okay. And I've got a decal on my car. I'm sure people have seen me around town. That mm-hmm. hasn't got me any calls. Has it got any conversations? It has got me a couple of conversations. And it's something that it's hard to measure as far as uh, deal flow. Yeah, but it's something I can point to as far as um, trustability. I can talk to a seller and say, look, you see me around town. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. I'm not Mr. Fly-by-night. Yeah, you pull up in their ho- to their house and you have the sign on your car. Right. It's like I'm not going to disappear. I'm here. You obviously do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. So there's something valuable to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bring me new deals, but it adds to your credibility. Okay. Um, what, what has been like, I, I think I can guess what it is, but if you can give some more advice on what not to do. <laughs> you know, some people, uh, and th- this works for some people, it's not my style. And so maybe it's more a matter of finding your own style. But a lot of people go out there and just throw hundreds of lowball offers all over town. Um, that doesn't work for me. And I know that it does work for some people. But I think you're going to uh, exhaust your realtor. Your realtor is eventually going to fire you, and you're going to have to find another realtor. And then that realtor is going to fire you, and you've got to find another one. For me, I, I'm way more relational. I want to get a good realtor, have a good relationship with them long term. And mm-hmm. so you got to make sure that you're not working your realtor to death by lowballing everybody, because that those offers take your realtor time to do. Yeah, um, takes a half hour to an hour. Right. And so if you're going to do a hundred offers a week, well, your realtor better be getting uh, compensated for that, because most of those are not coming back. With but they deal. don't. They only get compensated if the house sells. Right. And <laughs> and when you're putting <laughs> offers on houses for forty thousand dollars, even if those come through. That's not feeding your realtor's family. So I think that's important to consider all the people in your your operation and how are they getting paid. Yeah, It's a very self-centered mindset of those kind of investors. So they're all only thinking about how they're getting paid. So I, I don't like that way of doing business. Then also um, just throwing lowball offers at people isn't considering the seller. What do they actually need? Mm-hmm. They, that might accidentally fulfill a seller's need. But I want to get down in front of a seller and talk with them. Figure out what it is. What do you What do you want? A deal I um, passed to you a while back. Um, we got an excellent deal on it. Both of us did well on it. And the seller, uh, they wanted to pay off some debt. They inha- inherited this house. And I found out what they needed was just to pay off their debt and put some money in their pocket. And uh, this is that that tiny little house that was in okay shape. But I think you added a shop to it. Oh. You yes. remember? Yeah, in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and I, I was surprised. At and how I worked with them, uh, helped them buy a you house, You helped too. them buy a house, too. And, and I wasn't expecting to buy their house. Was it Locust or? Um, yeah. And but then while, yeah, it was while so we were low. in escrow, it's, it turned out that they, they needed to sell their house quicker to qualify for the loan that we just made an offer okay. on. And, and so you asked me, hey, you want to buy this house? And I, of course I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. they, I mean, they took a really low offer. But it wasn't because mm-hmm. I just threw a random lowball offer. I listened to them. I understood what they needed. They didn't need as much as somebody else in that house might have needed. 
they just had a low need and it worked out really well. So I was able to really serve them mm-hmm. and make money. And a colleague made money and everybody won. A contractor and they were able to made stay money. In their, they didn't have to go somewhere in between. They were right? able to and they got stay to in buy that house. Another house. And just move into the, the next house after they closed. And they were able to, just, even though we closed on their house, we let them, we can be creative. Yeah. So the creativity, I mean, so many different parties win in that mm-hmm. situation. And I think when we do our job well as investors, I picture like being a hub in a spoked wheel, you know, title and escrow and other investors, colleagues, sellers, buyers, everybody wins. And, and it's fun. That's yeah. Putting that puzzle together is what I really enjoy about this business. It's fun. It's addicting. It is. Especially if you win a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> then there's those times yeah. that are really hard, like Homestead. Turned out great. Yeah. It was a lot of hard but it was a, there, but it did I, It work. was tough. Um, but I, it was all my fault. I mean, I, I'm the one that you know, complained about it, but um, nobody was to blame but me. I knew what I was getting myself into. Those are hard lessons, aren't they? I, I'm the one that made the decision to constantly improve more and more <laughs> and just go over budget. But then, it, it, this, it still it, as I'm sure you know, it's real easy to go way over budget on something. Right. Because yeah. you need to eventually finish the project. Yeah. And, and you yeah. have to finish it well enough. Have you ever had a budget of 40000 and spent 150 Oh, maybe maybe not quite, quite that far like... over, but I've at least doubled a, yeah. a budget before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's magic of real estate. It worked. Right. Numbers worked out great. Yeah, sometimes we get got saved all money by uh, increasing market. That helped, too. Yeah. <laughs> that did. Learning this business in a decreasing market would be a lot harder. Certainly would. Yeah, we, we definitely have that privilege right now. Yeah. Who knows how long it's going to last. But, I mean, right now, it's it, it's really, I feel like it's holding us back, too. Right. I mean, everybody's fighting over 90% Terrible deals. deals. <laughs> I found that, too. I Being an experienced uh, real estate investor, the deals are harder to find. And I get that question all the time. Why are they hard to find? And I feel like a lot of novice investors are going out there excited. They got a little bit of money, but they don't know what they're doing. And so they overbid and overpay for stuff that they're going to get burned on because they just don't know any better. Yeah. And like, and the money's out people there. People like you available. and me know better. I'm not touching that deal. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then there were plenty of deals that we passed on that we wish now we would have taken. But the only <laughs> reason it became a deal was because the market inflated it, right? It wasn't yeah. necessarily a wise choice to buy it. It just happened to turn out well. So it would have been a gamble. Yeah. I wouldn't be investing. That would be speculating. Well, I just keep thinking of the property on Hayden Avenue. Every time I drive by it. The one, you know, that big farm. Yeah. Could have bought for 100, 120 grand or 100, I think 100 even. I was able to get it for, what for just a short time. In value? Oh, it'd be a $600,000 house now. <laughs> Easy. But I've or seen more. a lot of those, though, that's like, well, <laughs> but you think back, even if I ran my numbers that day, though, I shouldn't have bought it. It would, it would have just been a roll of the dice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been fun. Yeah. So what are you working on now? You know, I've got, um, I've got a project I've had for too long, uh, two acres with seven houses on it. It's a very odd property. I heard about the, the compound, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, my goal I have goal some friends that to... are invested with you. Oh, do you? Eric and Erica. Yes. Yeah. And they told me just a tiny bit about it, like it's coming together now or something. Yeah. Well, so we've improved the property. I put a lot of money into it, and the goal is to sell the compound kind of without dividing it up. Um, but 
anything over that million dollar range is a buyer's market and days on market are over a year. And so um, that's been tough. People come in and they want to do an easy divide. Well, it's not an easy divide, or I would have done it yeah. already. So um, they call the city. Anybody who's never done a subdivision thinks it's easy. Right. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> who calls who's, the city gets a different answer. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I went down to the city last week and um, figured out what I can do. And they they want it divided up. They don't like seven houses on one lot, a zoned residential single family. Mm-hmm. So they want to help. But uh, I think I'm going to have to divide it up, turn it into a bunch of lots that are actually have one house on one lot. And that'll take some time. Either I need to get the the plat all approved and then sell the idea to an, uh, another investor. But just like with a retail, you know, single family flip, you you have to paint the picture for the buyer because mm-hmm. buyers don't have that vision. So in the higher realms of taking an investment and sending it to another investor, you kind of have to paint the picture. Say, here's what needs to be done. You can do it and add value. So, yeah. That's kind of the biggest thing on my plate. I've got another uh, split and flip deal that I really love. It, What's uh, a split and flip? Well, you divide the land, but there's a house on it. So uh-huh. the, the house needs to be spruced up and flipped. And the extra lots you get out of it, you divide, you split the land. Okay. And either develop those or sell them to developers or a little of both. Uh-huh. And so I've done those a couple of times and I really enjoy them. Nice. Um, it's a little complex and there's the puzzle factor to it and uh, it can be fun and lucrative as well right on so yeah okay so um so you got the big compound going on anything else um and mentoring novice investors that's one of my my favorite things in general probably about a third of my time um spend working with with newbies and like my first mentor did with me i uh, work with them splitting deals and helping them avoid the pitfalls i've already fallen into Oh, okay. Uh, so that they don't make the mistakes I've made. I didn't realize you did this. Yeah. Okay. So um, are, you, are you taking any more mentors at this time? Yeah, you... I, um, I've committed to my apprentices to only take 12. So I've got okay. seven right now. And so I've got a little bit room for more. So you got room for about five. Yeah. Everybody? Yeah. Well, we got five. <laughs> five <laughs> right. spots. So that's, you see me that's reaching an out to people man. and always interested in meeting. And that's often where the conversation goes to see if we're a good fit and if people, mm-hmm. um, you know, some people want to do the do-it-yourself route and learn on their own, and that's fine. I mean, I, I kind of feel like for me, you this is one of those things like brain surgery. You could probably learn on YouTube, but I, I don't know if I'd be willing to. There's too many things that can go wrong. Yeah. And some of those, like I said, I've, I've done wrong, made mistakes, gets expensive, and having a mentor really helps you avoid a lot of that pain. So, yeah. Or having, I mean, even having the right private money lender can be a great mentor. Right. Yeah. I've learned yeah. that if they're not going to find a deal, says no, that, that keeps you away from a lot of pain because yeah, it must not be a great deal. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're dealing with a private money brokerage, I would, um, be, be leery. Just because they're going to try to put that deal together. It's not their money. They don't care. But if you're dealing directly with the private lender who's using their own funds, um, they're going to walk you through it a little bit more. That can depend. I think a a private money broker has the motivation to keep all the relationships happy for the future. Because they want repeat lenders and they want repeat borrowers. You would think. Have you been burned by a private money broker in the past? Not myself, but I've definitely heard stories about some. Really? 
yeah. And we don't have to get into it or spread rumors, but I just want to throw that cautionary thing out there. If you're dealing with somebody who's not really putting the money in, just know that if you're looking for some sort of help or mentorship or advice, if this is good or not, they're just going to try to push a loan through hmm. um, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're dealing directly with the person that's putting their own money into it and they've done it before. They've got something um, to lose. Yeah, they've got something to lose. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, you working on anything else? You got any other hobbies? Or are you just... Man, raising kids. That's a... How many do you have to now? <laughs> got three kids. Three kids, that's right. So, yeah. They're all well-behaved. Well, you know, <laughs> as well-behaved as children can be, I suppose. I'm pretty happy with them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And who's got time for hobbies, right? Raising kids and, and real estate investing, and that's about all there is. I, I try to YouTube <laughs> hobbies. Try to figure out, like I was trying to... It's on my goal this yeah. year. I want to f- do some sort of hobby, and it was on my goal last year. I never, never found a hobby, but, <laughs> but I'm searching for all kinds of stuff, like how to how to make stout beer, Ooh. how to make a cauliflower pizza. <laughs> I'm just too busy to do any of this shit. You're, like, you're gonna flip houses uh, for work, and you're gonna wholesale as a hobby. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what, um, do you have any goals for this year? You know, it's a new um, year, 2020. I what I would love to do is give money away. That's the reason I got into real estate. Nice. Uh, what really winds my clock is giving money away. But to give money away, you have to have money. So I got into real estate because, one, I sold my job. But the um, to, if I have a bunch of money, then I can give it away. And so I want. I thought real estate makes people a lot of money. I got to learn how to do real estate. Yeah. And um, I'd love to get to the level where I can, you know. My family's taken care of, and I have excess capital to give away into things that I, I'm passionate about. Fund churches and missions and orphanages and people in need. Yeah. That really excites me. So I've actually um, become the, the president of a foundation for somebody else who has capital that has let, less time than I might have to focus on giving that away. Very so nice. that really excites me. Okay. That would be a hobby I'm passionate about. Awesome. So we'll see where that goes this year. Okay. Any other real estate goals this year? Um, you know, I need to I need to sit down and focus on on putting those together. You know, so often we get in the weeds of dealing with our deals and putting fires out. We need to sit back and like, you know what? I want to sell these properties off. I want to accomplish this many, and I haven't done that yet. So I don't gotcha. have a good answer for you there. That's okay. <laughs> we don't. This is a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need good answers. <laughs> Just honesty. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for doing this. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've kept you long enough. Unless, unless you got anything else you want it, advice for people out there, or. Um, well, I would say you know, um, I think everybody should get a mentor, and that's okay. not just a, a plug for me. I think it's important to get help with uh, somebody. Yeah. And, um, Good. And if more. you're going to do it on your own, just be careful. There's there's a lot of, of ways you can go wrong. And so bigger pockets, I think, is a huge help. Um, and there's plenty of people who are willing to give free advice, have coffee um, here and there. I'm sure Nick's available to help out with some Do advice all here and there. You know, yeah. And go to every RIA that isn't selling something uh, in Spokane <laughs> and Coeur d'Alene and Sandpoint and where else you have RIAs now? Um, Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, Sandpoint. Right. So I mean, the Spokane one's not mine. I just I kind of encouraged. Um, Yvette to start it, Yvette and Aaron, and then yeah. um, Aaron moved to Florida. But and now Dan Grishko's dropping it now, too. Spot. He's too busy, but it sounds like. 
they're doing amazing though. I mean, they've, yeah. they've got it packed. And Kelly started one uh, to give an yes. option for Monday nights for people who can't make the Thursdays. Yeah. So, um, Danny O'Bannon just started one. Right. So <laughs> I, I put um, it on my calendar. I could try I, to go. To I wish one. I could make that, but it's it's the same night that the Sandpoint. Right. Um, one is the second Tuesday of each or second Thursday of each month. But, but I, yeah, I'd encourage everybody so many to meetings attend now. to as many as you can, as long as Renatus is not part of it. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, if it, I mean, if they're not selling education, it's, I mean, it's still what you got to ask yourself: Why is this person putting this on? Yeah, and I guess I'll say um, there's a time and a place to pay for education, mm-hmm. but when you go in, it you got to be really discerning. If if you feel like this this there's ten percent education I'm getting from this RIA and ninety percent of its sales. Yeah. Is it worth your time? You know, you could be hanging out with your friends. You could be uh, hanging out with your kids. And um, you've got to choose the, the opportunity cost. What am I giving up to be here? Yeah. And I feel like for me, if, if I'm going to go to a RIA, it's worth my time if I learn something new. And if, I, if I've been full-time for six-plus years and I'm still learning something new, that's pretty good. And I do. At your RIA, at Kelly's RIA, at, um, at Yvette's RIA, I learn mm-hmm. something new every time. And I love that. Yeah, and I, I want do. to meet somebody new, and I do every mm-hmm. time, and so that's worth it for me to go out there, even after an exhausting day of work. So. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I I did I did purposely set it up. Uh, it's already been, it's been five years now wow. as of next month. That's awesome. Um, but I set it up with the intentions of it's going to be a real networking right. education group, and. What comes around goes around. Yeah. I'm like, it will pay off in the future just by getting to know these people. And it has. And it I has. mean, and not just for you, but for everyone you when bring I started, in, I think a lot of people me. add value to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's been great. Yeah. Thank you for setting that up. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing your 80 people. <laughs> I do it again. <laughs> Over time. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Thank you very yeah. much for doing this. Thank you. Let's do it again sometime. Sounds good. We're done. All right. Thanks. Thanks.